and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, and this is Labors in the Harvest podcast, and we want to thank our listeners for being back with us, and I hope that you were with us last week because we started a new conversation with another friend of mine, another colleague in the ministry, Pastor Kerry Nance of the Southside Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida, and uh, I was with them in a, in a Faith Promise Missions Conference and had the opportunity to do this recording while I was there. Uh, Brother Nance and I have known each other for a number of years. Uh, he's a little bit younger than I am, but we've served together at Heartland Baptist Bible College when I was pastoring Cleveland Baptist. I served on the board there at the college and got to acquaint with Brother Nance, not only through that, but through the Global Independent Baptist Fellowship. So it's been a privilege to be here this week uh, to preach the conference. And so we're having a conversation. We want to pick up where we left off last week in our, our time together. And we were talking about his call to ministry. And um, so we're going to go from there. And Brother Nance, once again, thanks for being back with us today. It's a joy to be here. And um, thanks so much for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, appreciate your your influence uh, mm-hmm. to so many guys and help across the country. So. Well, it's a joy. It's an honor to be able to count so many people friends, for sure. So so um, we're going to move on. So you surrendered to ministry. And uh, you graduated from high school. And so God led you to Bible college. Is that correct? Did you go immediately after high school? Um yeah, I did. Um, I actually was was at a camp um, in Jacksonville. Our church always went to Trinity Youth Camp, which mm-hmm. is up in Keystone Heights there, if you're familiar with Florida. And uh, there was a guy in Jacksonville whose name was Bob Gray, and uh, they had a, a good-sized church there, sure. good-sized bus ministry, and then he had started uh, Trinity Baptist College. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't planning to go there. I was looking at a couple of other colleges, and, um, you know, my, my dad was uh, from a certain college. And so, um, but I don't know, I think I was looking for something that just had some spirit to it. And mm. I'm not sure I even knew what I was looking at, to right. be honest with you. But that week at camp, I think the Lord just used Dr. Gray to influence me. And, um, and I remember going to that church on Sunday in August. And so college started literally like the next week. And so Dr. Gray just said, would you come up and look at the college, look at the church. And so I was up there and I just remember the number of souls getting saved, mm-hmm. you know, back then. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about the Baptist churches, they were soul winning places. I mean, right. soul right. minded. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember, but I think there's, I want to say there was over 30 people saved that Sunday. Wow. And mm-hmm. I was blown away when they just lined them up. Sure. And, you know, a lot of it was from the bus ministry, but I had never seen anything mm-hmm. or witnessed anything like that. And I just knew you know, I wanted to be in a place, you know, that, that had that kind of fire right. and energy. And so I, I appreciate the education I got at Trinity Baptist. And um, um, some of it was, you know, um, 
solid and good. All of it was solid. I wouldn't say anything was bad doctrinally, but but I probably got more fire there than I did education, okay. if I can say it yeah, that way, sure. you know. Well, that's part of our education as well. As you know, you get there is a spirit that comes out of Bible college, but we do need the academics as well. Yeah. So, um, was there any one particular professor or one, maybe a couple of teachers that really were influential in your life? There was. There was a, uh, uh, of course, Dr. Gray. His preaching mm-hmm. um, really impacted me. But there was a guy that was behind the scenes. His name was Dr. Schaefer, and if anybody ever went to any of the guys went to. Um, Trinity, they would know him. He was very quiet, but he was a godly man, mm. and he just loved the guys. He would go through the dorms, and in many ways, he was a, a I guess, a shepherd figure, kind of a mentor figure. Mm-hmm. And he he would just seek out guys that you know he would come alongside, and you know, because you're separated from mom and dad and right. the new area, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he really had a great impact on me, and just. Um, he really became, I guess, a, a another uh, shepherd or a pastor or a father figure those four years. And mm-hmm. so I'm thankful for him. Right. So uh, while you're there, I think uh, that's where you met your wife. Or did you know yeah. her before that? No, I didn't. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Her dad was on staff in the um, Tampa Bay area. Oh, and really? so um, I actually played football at a Christian school. And she had come to the, some of those football games. And uh, there was actually a, pa- a picture of, of us in a youth rally together. I was in the balcony. She was playing the piano. Mm. But we never knew each other. Oh, okay. And um, so we, we uh, but at Trinity, um, she had gone to Hiles Anderson for a couple of years and then had uh, left and then uh, was going to go to Trinity. And, and um, so when she came in, uh, we were on a singing group, or I was on a singing group. I was actually kind of uh, in charge of a group. And so we had an alto that left, mm-hmm. and so we needed an alto. And so uh, they told me, they said, we've got an alto. It's a new girl that just came to school, and they brought in Amy Moore. And, man, I was excited about the new alto. <laughs> so we Not only could she sing, but she was. <laughs> you had eyes for her, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And she really, I'm telling you, she had a heart for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and I was um, I was a senior, and uh, we had you know different some different guys that traveled. Most of them though were freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. So Amy and I were the same age, and so we kind of really connected. And and her parents were, uh, her dad was a pastor, and so you know she we we just we just kind of really became good friends and traveled about a year and a half, and and I was. I was smitten and knew she was the one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was um, a couple of years later that we, or maybe a year and a half later that we got married. So you'd so. finished college when you guys got married? Yeah. Well, so what happened was, is uh, um, we finished. I went to work for her dad, okay. actually. And uh, he was in um, West Virginia, okay. uh, Mannington, West Virginia. Uh, he had been pastoring there for several years. They were looking for an, a, a, a pastor. We actually went up there for a ladies' meeting. And uh, he asked me if I'd preach on Sunday night, so I did. And he called me about a month later and said, hey, I'm looking for a youth man, would you, you know, or a second man, would you mind coming and thinking about it? So I did, I went up there and she had another um, year of college, so she went back and um, was still So were you guys engaged at that point? or We weren't. You weren't. We weren't. So she went back and she still wasn't sure if I was the guy. Uh, So, you know, I had some work to do. And, um, but she ended up coming back. And when she came back, I mean, it was just pretty obvious because I 
she, you know, we were, you know, singing together and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we'd be setting up for a banquet and, mm -hmm. you know, she would come with her parents and I'd be there. So mm -hmm. our paths were constantly crossing mm -hmm. and, uh, and I want to thank her mother for having me over on Sunday afternoons <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> that helped as well. For sure. <laughs> so her mom was nudging quite a bit, yeah. but, uh, I, I'm glad it worked out. Ooh. So we, you know, she came back and we were engaged and then probably married by the, by the end of the year there. So. So when you uh, when you left college, you went to work to with her dad there in Mannington. Where's Mannington located in West Virginia? Central West Virginia? Or it's uh, no, it's actually north. It's uh, probably two hours south of Pittsburgh. Okay, All right. so it's up around the Morgantown sure. area. Okay, um, if you know that area there. So so how big a town would Mannington be? It on, on the side, or it, it doesn't have any uh, stoplights. You had to drive eight miles to see a. Uh, a stoplight wow. but when you came into the town it said 2181 mm -hmm. they never changed it so I don't know if <laughs> but uh, but that was kind of about the population there's so, about so 2000 sm so small town USA yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and so we probably had maybe 5,000 and maybe a uh, eight mile radius okay. you know so. so so when you came to work at the staff were you full-time or was it bivocational no, I, I was full-time, um, and it was, you know, minimal salary, obviously, mm -hmm. and they had a trailer on the property, so, you know, I kind of stayed in there, and um, I was single when I first came, so, sure. I, you know, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of means uh, there, but mm -hmm. um, but it was it was full-time. So how large would the congregation have been when you went to work there? I would say probably just over 200. Okay, so that's yeah. good for a small town. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. and, and uh, it was um, it was a unique, I mean, we were... Um, the, the church had gone through some problems. So when I became the pastor, I was number 19. So let's talk about that. So at a point, her dad left to move to another place, to another right, church. Right, And then they then called you to be the pastor. So was there a, a interim time there where they were looking, or they just consider you right away? To well, here, here's what, what I, you know, there was a couple of things. One, when I came there, um, I really enjoyed preaching. And mm -hmm. so the first thing I wanted to do was find places to preach. Mm -hmm. And so within like two weeks, I mean, I had a jail ministry, I had a nursing home okay. ministry. And so he let me preach once a month okay. on a Sunday night. Okay. And so the people were used to sure. you know, me preaching. And then uh, I had been on staff for about four years. And then he was traveling quite a bit, I would say, on that fourth year. And there was a couple of places where he was, you know, looking around for some different things and uh, candidating at a couple of places. And so I had filled in quite a bit okay. uh, that fourth year. Okay. So I was only 26, mm -hmm. but I had been, they were very used to me preaching and filling in the yeah. pulpit and, uh, you know, kind of being there when he wasn't there. Right. And probably my dad being a church planner uh, yeah, right. gave me a lot of sure, that experience. So when he left uh, or had announced that he was leaving, the deacons got together. And I remember the deacons saying this, we're looking in-house before we look outside the house. And so they called me up and they said, um, we want you to be the, the um, pastor mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to vote on you. And I, I, I had gone through something the year before. I really felt like missions was oh. the direction. Mm -hmm. And so Amy and I had actually gone down and we had surrendered to be missionaries. Mm. I traveled down the BIMI, down to Tennessee to look at their board. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I mean, we were geared. Amy had a big job. She was working, but she had a big job at a bank. She was the IRA coordinator mm. and uh, had really worked her way up in a short time. And she was up for a big promotion, turned all of that down. So we thought we were going to be in missions. Mm. We thought that was the next step. And I'm, I'm looking at mission boards. I'm mm. praying that God would show mm. us 
and uh, <laughs> there's nothing on the radar. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, Europe, Asia, South yeah. America, God, give me something. Mm-hmm. So when they asked me to be the pastor, I said, I'll be the pastor until we go into missions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Lord never opened that door. Sure. And so, uh, but I became the pastor when I was uh, 26 there. Okay. So, so it, how long did that last? How long were you pastoring there? I was, uh, I was there um, a total of uh, 11 years. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, nine years. Nine years. So I, I, I was there. Um, no, it was 11 years. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I pastored seven uh, for another seven years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, when that transition took place, this is your first pastorate. Yeah. So were there some struggles for you or was it just seemed like a natural fit then for you? I honestly think it was a natural fit. Uh-huh. Um, I had I had really bonded with the people. Uh-huh. Um, they were big hunters. Mm-hmm. I had never been a hunter. Uh-huh. I love that. Uh-huh. And so I was in and, uh, you know, Amy and I were social um and so you know it really small town you're at people's birthdays and right mm-hmm. you know you're doing everybody's funeral mm-hmm. i did a ton of funerals in a small town like mm-hmm. that and um but I, I i loved it i mean the people just took to amy and i and uh you know i look back on it and uh i would tell you that church did more for me than i did for them mm. you know just growing yeah. up yeah. i was young i was uh you know 26 and I'm not sure I'd have voted on me to be the pastor uh-huh. but they were gracious yeah. with me wow. you know Praise so it was it was really good and I I do feel like you know it was one of those things too when you're in a small town you want to you want to reach the world and mm-hmm. you want to you know you want to run 10,000 mm-hmm. and um you know uh God taught me some lessons there, sure. you know, just how to be faithful right. and be content with what God gives you. Right. And it's not that you don't stop soul winning and you keep reaching out, but, um, you know, I think sometimes pastoring in a small town, some, sometimes you just have to get some grit about you and stay. I have you know? some, the greatest respect in the world for a guy who goes to a small town yeah. and may never run more than a hundred yeah. the entire time if he runs that. Yeah, and yet just faithfully loves those people and pastors those people. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I really think that those are some of the great heroes in America. I do, uh, and they're behind the scenes yeah. and they're unknown, and they're not going to be probably asked to be at the the big conferences to preach or whatever yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but yet they're just they just yeah they're they're the salt of the earth and, yeah. and God's people for sure. So, Amen. So, after a, you know seven years of pastorate, something must have started taking place, stirring in your heart about God being done with you, or how'd that work? Well, you know, I, I would tell you, um, there was an opportunity that came, uh, you know, there, there was a pastor that was stepping down and it, kind of a large ministry, and he had asked Amy and I to pray about that. And it was, uh, you know, a large ministry, and so I I really did pray about it. You know, I respected the guy a lot, and... Um, uh, but after about a year, um, at first I thought, man, this is it. You know, this mm-hmm. this is you know where the Lord would have us to go, and um, but it, come to find out, it wasn't. And so, it, it, you know, and I think it would be, if you're like a preacher and you think, man, if I could go somewhere and pastor, that would be like that'd be a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, it just wasn't of the Lord. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to say mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't of the Lord. So. I finally had that kind of confirmed in my heart, and it took an entire year to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I had circled back around. It was probably the beginning of May, and um, I was just 
to the place where we had said no on that. We'd closed the door. I was done and um, felt like, okay, West Virginia is going to be my home for the rest of the life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll pastor this little church and I'm, I'll be happy with this. I'm going to be content. Right. And then my dad had been over um, to uh, Westgate, which is a church on the other side of town. And he- Here in Tampa. Some, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I had also preached at a, a uh, meeting, uh, a GIBF meeting, and um, just, uh, you know, there, and I had met Brother Turner, but didn't know him well. And uh, from that, he had called me, and um, this church that we're at now had closed down. They had been closed down for about six months. And um, so Brother Turner asked me if I would consider about coming here and starting a church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, no, I, I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. And um, so he said, well, would you pray about it? And I said, sure, I'll pray about it. And I, I told him, I said, I'll, I'll give it two weeks and I'll call you back. Mm-hmm. And really when I hung up the phone, I don't think that I was serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even serious about praying about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, but after two weeks, it was one of those things I called him back and he's like, well, did you pray about it? I'm like, yeah. And he says, well, what do you think? And I, you know, sight unseen, I was like, well, you know, um, you know, it's just a building. They were holding the note. It had quite a bit of debt. Uh, there were, you know, they, they had closed the, the property down and with the debt, they, the idea was to sell the property, pay off the debt, give the rest of the money to missionaries. And, um, so I, I said, well, give me two more weeks. And then I went to camp and we were running our own teen camp that week. And we had a singing group in from Heartland. And I had a guy named Robbie Morrison. I don't know if you know him. He was with Rock of Ages and he's now with oh, yeah. All Points. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So Rocky, uh, Robbie came in. He was a, he pastored in West Virginia and just a dear guy that I knew. And so he came in and the first night he preaches, he says, I'm going to preach on the life of Abraham this week. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm thinking, that's kind of a weird direction for teen camp. Uh-huh. And so the first night he gets up and he's preaching on Abraham leaving his father, mm. his country, mm. his kindred, mm. and determining to follow God by faith. Mm. And the Lord just smote me that night. Mm. And I knew right then and there. Mm. I mean, it was like God just mm. rattled my cage. And I was like, man, uh, I I. I God's God's moving me to to Florida. Mm. You know, He's moving me to Tampa. And well, uh, let, let's let's wrap up our conversation right here, and then we're going to pick up our conversation again next week. Okay, absolutely. I appreciate you giving that because I really I think it's important that we just take the time to walk through this story because it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, I want to thank our listeners for being a part of today's podcast, and we hope that you'll join us again uh, for part three of our conversation with Pastor Kerry Nance here at the Southside Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm -hmm.